0: What are the words? I don't even know the words. Uh, he speaks French right there. It's oh. qu'est ques What's qu'est ce que mean?
1: Like, what is it? I think Talking Heads. So, pretty much if Roxy Music had never heard of sex, got it. <laughs> is Talking Heads the actual
0: most sexless band of all time? Gotta be in the top 10. They definitely fall into that category of music not to fuck to. Yeah, you wouldn't want to try that.
1: Even that one song where he's singing about having a girlfriend who's better than that, it's like, okay, but you
0: definitely don't have a girlfriend though, dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely music for nerds. Usually rock and roll like takes a nerd and turns him into you know not a nerd. Talking Heads just keeps you a nerd. Stays nerdy. You just You're in the nerd path and you discover Talking Heads and boom, you're there forever. Nerd for
1: life. This band's first album has a song on it about how you better not fall in love or it might make you crash an airplane. That's some shit a five
0: year old would say because they still, <laughs> he still thinks girls are gross. It's the uh, very narrow emotional bandwidth here of a of a child. Is what you're saying? I heard if you fall in love, it makes you a bad driver. You better give me this, or I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave. Watch, I'm gonna run away. <laughs> I'm gonna crash a plane. Just so
1: we're clear from the jump, I didn't do any research for this episode because I didn't have to. Having any kind of social life that includes people who care about music means you've heard approximately
0: 80% of all Talking Heads songs. My complaint, well, not complaint, my reflection of doing research for this episode, unlike so many others, is I did not realize how many songs they have and that I know simply because of exactly that. It is background music for so many things because it's so pc and very friendly family friendly almost and kind of goofy it gets played everywhere it's grocery store music it's pg it's super pg you're gonna play this at your kid's party and go oh cool it's talking heads you're gonna feel hip but the fact is you're playing at a 12 year old's party and somehow they relate to it
1: coffee shops this is a band where if you go to concerts you've probably heard a sound guy put an album on repeat as house music for the whole night There are definitely a lot of people who think they care about music and they don't really care about music. And they've only heard like four Talking Heads songs. But everyone else has heard
0: at minimum 25 of this band's songs. Oh, at least you definitely know if you're listening to this going, why are they even doing an episode on the Talking Heads? Well, go (laughs) look up the Talking Heads. Honestly, even if you're like 16 years old, you probably somehow know 10 Talking Heads songs.
1: I'm also definitely going to name this episode The Talking Heads Suck because apparently it drives David Byrne nuts when people call the band
0: that. (laughs) (laughs) I hate The Talking Heads.
1: One thing that is great about some band being universally regarded as cool, such as the way Talking Heads are, is that then new bands come along and name themselves after the cool band's worst songs. Oh my God. Big Country and Radiohead are both named after two of the worst Talking Head songs, which is great because it lets you know right away you don't even have to bother listening to their music. It should automatically be a
0: disqualifier. Oh, <laughs> where did you come up with the name? We well, didn't. It- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, have you ever heard the talking heads oh fuck you dude get out of here i'm surprised there's not
1: some band named swamp because that is probably the worst talking Heads song so there's that one if anyone out there is unoriginal and needs a band name
0: uh, (laughs) you you too you also (laughs) could have a band named after a talking heads reference
1: Uh, Woo! this is the epitome of a band that people listen to because it makes them feel like they are smart for listening to it yeah This is basically what would happen if a TEDx talk could become a band because David Byrne is what would happen if a TEDx talk could become a person. This dude cannot wait to incorrectly explain some shit
0: to you. It's a, you know what it is? It's like a a weird science, the movie, weird science. Remember that movie? I've seen it. It's weird science, but in music form. Just, it's like that movie encapsulated in a band. Nerdy people together doing nerdy shit Ooh, boobs. Oh my gosh. Uh, David Bird would be like, Ooh, boobs. Yeah, well, he, uh, he might not <laughs> like him. <them.
1: laughs> yeah. David Bird once said that the better a singer's voice is, the harder it is to believe them, which is an extremely weird way to tell the world you have never listened to Billie Holiday. Mm. The liner notes of more songs about buildings and food literally contain an explanation of how they made the front and back covers of the album as if anyone would possibly care, but they have to make sure, you know how smart they are to have
0: done this this way. It's like the Dunning Kruger effect, right? People that think that they're smarter than they really are talking heads quite possibly invented a genre of music, music for people that think they're smart, but are actually not smart. And it makes total sense if you think about all the bands they inspired. For example, Radiohead being the biggest, most obvious one, again, Mm -hmm. is another band for people that think they're way better and smarter than everybody else. I listen to Radiohead, therefore my IQ is over 100.
1: The band Ubu would never do this bullshit to you. And if you don't know who that is, then go to a computer and type P-E-R-E space U-B-U, watch the video of them doing the song Breath on Night Music, and it should take you approximately one second of looking at Ubu's lead singer for you to realize why you don't know who that band is, but you know 30 Talking Heads songs.
0: (laughs) That dude was never going to be a star. Yeah. But that doesn't matter, Tyler. How dare you (laughs) say that? How dare you say that it's anything more than just the music because the Talking Heads were brilliant top to bottom. It's because they're so good, dude. How could you say that?
1: I will go further. I don't think there's any fucking chance that this band takes off with the song Psycho Killer or the rest of their first album without cocaine becoming popular in the United States in the mid 1970s. I believe Pablo Escobar is directly responsible for the popularity of Psycho Killer and David Burns' flat singing voice
0: and annoyingly intense neurotic delivery. I think that Psycho Killer is proof that people like dumb shit. So the band gets to a certain size being smart and whatever, we're smart people and making everybody feel like they're special, but their biggest song is the dumbest fucking song. It's the most idiotic bullshit. And it does not fit the image of the band. It's proof that the general public has the worst taste in music because they like the dumbest shit.
1: Well, this also supports the point that you're making, but I would think that Once in a Lifetime would be their biggest song. Oh, true.
0: That could be. Well, I don't know. I'd be intrigued to see what the numbers are. This must be the place now is the most inescapable
1: one. Sure. You can't fucking go anywhere without hearing that one now. I think... Of
0: all time, it's got to be once in a lifetime. How many people were doing exactly what I did when we sat down going, Psycho Killer, da, da, da. you know what I mean? Like, that's exactly what a 99% of the population still does to this day when they hear that song.
1: I wonder how many Talking Heads fans realize the song Psycho Killer is just David Burns' attempt at writing an Alice Cooper song. And that's something a ton of people are going to think is me making a joke or me lying about it. But you can go look that up. Dude was trying to write an Alice Cooper song, and that's why Psycho Killer exists. And is the point of this song that everyone who stutters is a murderer? That's the point of the song, right? If you stutter, you kill people? Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, I believe this story actually goes verbatim that he said, I want to write an Alice Cooper song. Not inspired, but like, I want to write a song specifically that was in that vein. Shout out Alice Cooper for inspiring basically every band that had any theatrical elements whatsoever. They were pretty much ripping off Alice Cooper. But Alice Cooper didn't make music that was predominantly accessible to the general public. So you had to take, you know, his idea of being theatrical and, and turn it into like a generic pop song so the general population could ingest it. And also, by the way, real quick, it is on Spotify anyways way biggest song really yes it is got roughly 250 million streams and this must be the place is about 174 wow. reiterates again people like the dumbest possible shit
1: psycho killer is almost a david bowie space oddity situation in that people now just hear it as a song but at the time when it blew up it was essentially a novelty song the writing of the song predates the son of Sam killings in New York city, but the song wasn't recorded and released as a single until like four or five months after Berkowitz got arrested. So everyone heard this as a novelty song about the most famous serial killer on the planet at the time when it came out, that's a huge part of how this song blew up. Also, Bon Jovi is at least partially this song's fault. I don't know if people realize that. Oh, I didn't know that. In the Bon Jovi episode of this podcast, we talked about John Bon Jovi's cousin or uncle or whoever it was being a record producer and owning a studio. And that's how John got into the business. Tony Bon Jovi is one of the producers on the first Talking Heads album. And he opened that studio the year that this album came out. Hmm. I would love for people who have not heard the first Talking Heads album in its entirety to go check that thing out because it's one of the most intentionally obnoxious things anyone's ever recorded. We're talking Beastie Boys level of getting in your face and making annoying sounds at you. This shit sounds like Primus went to college. That's the best description of the first
0: Talking Heads album I can come up with. Again, if you take like kind of the punk rock vibe and give it to smart kids and be like, yo, nerds make music. And then they spit (laughs) it out. Like this is the music they spit out. You know what I mean?
1: When the owner of CBGB asked Johnny Ramone, if talking heads could start opening for the Ramones, Johnny said it was fine because Talking Heads suck. So it would make the Ramones look like a better band. That's a fact. Is there anyone whose favorite version of the song Take Me to the River is by Talking Heads and they've heard any other recording of the song? I mean, it should be against the law to cover a song that poorly. I just want to know how you recover from that. What, Johnny Ramones owning your fucking band?
0: Yes. Oh, my God. I mean, assuming at some point that maybe they heard that story at some point, some point, like, how do you not just quit? I think like, how the
1: story got out is I think Chris, the drummer of Talking Heads, was in the room and overheard the conversation. So he was like sitting there when Johnny Ramone said his band God sucked
0: damn, Dude, I would just be like, okay, I gotta go. This is it, right? This is like the ultimate burn. Like, yeah, of course, we'll let them open for us. They can, they suck so fucking bad that, of course, we'll let them open for us. Because we're going to look like fucking geniuses. Oh, you mean the art school kids? Yeah, put, <laughs> put them on. <laughs> Wait, that nerd <laughs> right there, that guy? Yeah, he can open up for us for sure. To go back in time and be a fly on the wall right there. Oh, man,
1: so many good ones. Um, but this is also one of those bands where there is a before and after eras. There, this is essentially two different bands. There is Well, one of the whole reasons we're doing this episode is in... I think it was like our YouTube comments episode or something like that. I mentioned Fela Kuti real fast. And you said that a lot of people probably didn't know who that was. So that's why we're doing a talking heads episode, because there is talking heads before they heard Fela Kuti. And then there's talking heads after they heard Fela Kuti. Yeah. And Fela is one of those artists who has a massive discography. I'm sure a lot of people don't really know where to start on that. It's mostly great. Uh, It took him a few years To really figure out what he was doing. But if you skip ahead to songs like Gentleman and Water, No Get Enemy, those are probably the best entry points. Then you're going to want to read everything you can about Dude's Life because there's no chance your favorite band was ever basically at war with their nation's government, which Fela Kuti was. Then you can go listen to the record Zombie and realize this dude was risking his actual life by making this music, and the Nigerian military straight up murdered his mother because of that record. Mm. But also, the music is just better. That's the source material, just like Mark was saying with Alice Cooper. The source material is
0: almost always better than the version that makes it onto MTV, which is Talking Heads. The thing is, if you go back and listen to that, you'll realize how many bands we're straight up ripping off that complete style, top to bottom. We're gonna McDonald's this shit, and we're <laughs> gonna but we're gonna pretend to be better than everybody else. And oh, by the way, don't pay attention to that guy over there. I guess making music at a time before before Google existed, before YouTube existed, before the ability to I mean back then, if you wanted to listen to that, you would have had what bought a CD or something like that. you know, now it's so easy to share music. I'd be intrigued to see if a band that so blatantly ripped off a certain style now came out. Well, I guess you're an idiot, so you probably love it. What the fuck am I even talking about? Yeah. You think it was the greatest thing ever and you would defend it and go, no, what they did was different. No, it wasn't. It was the same shit. They just they were white dudes in suits and they looked like geeks. So you think you think you're smarter because you think they're they're great. Okay, (laughs) cool. All right. Anyways, that's why this
1: podcast exists so pissed we're not wearing big suits right now i almost don't even want to do this episode i know we should have actually invested really like, what a fit the aesthetic a lot of people are aware of this fela connection with talking heads music there's another person that talking heads owes way more credit to than nearly anyone listening to this realizes and that would be a guy who was named arthur russell It's almost not even worth talking about because of how few people are going to act on this recommendation. But if you want to have everything you know about Talking Heads turned upside down, go listen to the version of Psycho Killer with Arthur Russell playing cello on it. He basically predicted half of what that band was going to sound like three albums later. Once you add the Fela Afro beat to it, that's the Talking Heads that you know. But then, also, even after this band's music changed and they started jacking Afrobeat, they still just kept writing the same song over and over again. All of this band's songs, except for maybe two, are just about life is weird isn't life weird? Dude, we get it. You're weird. Your band's weird. Everything's weird. Now that you've pointed out how weird everything is, do you have anything else to say? No? Cool. Thanks for calling into the show. Please remember to grab an adult's hand before you cross the street.
0: (laughs) My favorite songs are songs about somebody having an existential crisis and writing a song about it. It's like the whole band. A lot of their songs. a A lot of their big songs. That's what's wild. Maybe it's like some unconscious thing that registers in people's brain. I too have felt this sense of dread an existential <laughs> dread of life. Thank you, David. You've wrapped my sense of anxiety and put a pretty, pretty Afro beat around it. Thank you. The lyrics in this band's song sound
1: like advice from a person who has no idea how to be a person. Yeah. If I wanted to get yelled
0: at by a dude who doesn't know the meaning of any of the things he's saying, I would just go to church. So if you ever like watch interviews with like chess players, when you see interviews where somebody asks them to be a human, it's almost like they have to compute. Okay, wait, what am I supposed to say in this instance? What do I, (laughs) what do I like besides chess, uh, movies and the talking heads? It's so robotic, but that kind of sums up the talking heads when they write songs. It's like, I think I'm supposed to say this. These are the words I'm supposed to use, right? To describe how I'm feeling, Right. It's like an alien pretending to be human. Yes, it's like (laughs) pretending to be something that they're not. I mean,
1: this has got to be one of the top five favorite bands of everyone who thinks that lyrics don't matter in music. And the funniest part about Talking Heads fans thinking lyrics don't matter, as if rap is not the biggest genre on the planet right now, which is entirely lyrics, Mm -hmm. is you still know all the nonsense lyrics. Lyrics don't matter, but you just went ahead and memorized all this gibberish for fun, I guess. Okay. If the lyrics didn't matter, you wouldn't know them. And you really wouldn't know them if they were this kind of nonsense, like just because David Byrne is shouting some loosely themed nonsense at you instead of a sermon from some con artist preacher on TV doesn't mean you're not being manipulated with the exact same speaking and speech and vocal techniques that have been used to manipulate people for hundreds of years. Does it not seem strange to anyone else that this dude is just yelling like a preacher a lot of the time?
0: Yeah, he definitely, definitely gives off the preacher vibes and all. Actually, even if you go back and just not even watch the live stuff, if you just watch the videos, even in the videos, it seems he's doing it on purpose. He yeah. crosses a mixture of two things, a used car salesman and a preacher. It mashed those two people together, kind of like his image dresses, like a used car salesman and a preacher at the same time and stands up there and preaches to you. Which is crazy because if you think about it, that's actually still what he does today. Yeah. Only he does it on Broadway. This is Mark Mosley talking. Uh, By this time, you probably have a good idea whether you agree with us or not. And if you don't like the podcast, that's completely fine. Everyone needs a moronic friend.
1: Either way, we don't really care. We just like to get discussions going around all these topics, you know. If you're a fan of me, Tyler,
0: do us a favor. Go ahead and share this episode. Yeah, tweet about it. Post it on your Facebook. Actually, the thing I think you should do, click the little share button on whatever phone you have send it to someone that you know likes the band of the episode that you're currently listening to. It is most important (laughs) thing... That you know where your friends stand with these things. And the only way to know that is you send them this episode. You wait for the fallout to happen. Right. Then go to
1: yfbspod.com. You can get stickers, buttons, shirts. By the time you're hearing this, there's no telling what will be in the store. Just get something. Yeah. Make sure if it's a sticker, like put it on your car. On the passenger side window facing in after that friend doesn't even acknowledge that you sent them the episode but they definitely listen to it no way to resist it it's kind of awkward the next time you see them sure especially when you're wearing your favorite band sucks t-shirt mm-hmm. you know yeah you'll like it i'm trying i'm trying a new catchphrase out hey, you'll like it you'll like it mark says you'll like it <laughs> I also think it's really funny that there are all these people who wish this band would reunite and do the reunion tour thing. A, that's never going to happen because David Byrne fucking hates the bass player of this
0: band. And Well, and then the, the drummer wrote a book too, right? Wasn't the drummer? He's married to the bass player. Uh, so they're like The drummer put out the book and they kind of share some like... All they do is complain about David Byrne. Yes. <laughs> all the excerpts... I didn't read the book because fuck that, but I did read excerpts from it and it basically airs all their dirty laundry... And shockingly, all their dirty laundry is about him.
1: All they do is complain about him and complain about how they don't feel like they ever got as much credit as they deserved for what they contributed to this band. And buddy, have you listened to Tom Tom Club, the band that y'all made without David Byrne? Because it's fucking terrible. Have you listened to the album Talking Heads tried to make without David Byrne? They brought in all these guest singers It's fucking terrible. This is definitely one of those bands where it's not so much a band as it is one guy. These other people are only doing what this one guy could have got a hundred other people to do in the band, but they can't
0: get another one of him because they've tried it and it doesn't work. Right. One of the stories that I read specifically, I believe, was an excerpt from the book was the story about him changing the writing credits The band sits down, however the song is written, is is up for discussion, whatever. But they agree verbally to how the song is going to be split and writing credit wise. And this is in the Brian Eno days. And there's a lot of heavily influenced Brian Eno. Then David goes back behind the band's back and changes the writing credits to favor him. So there's nothing I don't think anybody could ever say to me that pretend that this wasn't, just david burns band they might as well have been hired players yeah. to be a backing band to what he wanted to do and the proof is even he believed that that is not normal we're in this together no you are not obviously david you changed the fucking writing credits behind our back it is about you that's what you want you want it to be about you you have a massive ego and you think it's all about you because i guess it is the band does revolve around you That's the way it was from the beginning, too.
1: Tina Weymouth almost got kicked out of Talking Heads for not being good enough at bass. When they got a record deal, David Byrne wanted to kick her out of the band because she wasn't good enough, and I guess that lit a fire under her ass and she went and practiced a bunch. Good for her. Which, as we've covered, is the easiest of standard rock (laughs) band instruments, so way to go. Um, Total
0: offense to bass players.
1: I feel like their whole argument is that because this became such a groove-oriented band, that the rhythm section should be credited for like coming up with the grooves and stuff. But that's just not the way song copyrights work. Mm -hmm. I would imagine that they probably did agree to credit everything equally and credit Brian Eno also because he was heavily involved in the writing process on those albums. And then Brian Eno was probably like, hey, Why are you doing that? You legally don't have to credit them because by legal definitions, they did not write those songs. You and me wrote them.
0: Imagine being in a band with people. Uh, I wrote 47% of this song, uh, but you have it at 42. Uh, We're going to need
1: to change that. Well, here's the other thing about this whole writing credit thing. If you're on Talking Heads rhythm section side of this whole thing, then what you should do is go look up the story about how a guitar player named Adrian blue entirely wrote genius of love for Tom, Tom club. And then they put it out without crediting him as a writer. Mm. The exact thing that they complain about David Byrne doing to them, they turned around and did it to someone else. And yes, Adrian Ballou is credited as a writer on it now because he made them add his name after they tried to fucking steal the song from him, basically. So if David Byrne is such a horrible guy for doing this thing, these people also did the same thing. It really doesn't matter who you believe here. Everyone's an asshole.
0: All these people are assholes. Musicians are some of the worst fucking people on earth. When it comes... (laughs) They get to a certain size, pieces of shit to each other. (laughs) This incessant need to be like, well, we wrote it. No, you didn't. Why not just give the guy credit?
1: Definitely not trying to get sued for slander today. So (laughs) I can't like outright say what I think about some of the people in this band. But if you go watch video interviews with everyone in this band, I think most perceptive and emotionally intelligent people can pretty quickly make a decision. The drummer of this band is on record as believing Psycho Killer is their best
0: song. So... There you go. That's a pretty great indicator. Yeah, this is the best song we ever wrote or whatever. It's, dumb. it's the dumbest song you ever wrote. What are you talking about? At
1: one point, uh, Chris and Tina tried to talk Adrian Ballou into joining the band and replacing David Byrne. And Adrian was like, yeah, definitely not. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm
1: not going <laughs> to do that even a little bit. And then he went, he did work with TomTom Tom Club later, but he also went and played on David Byrne's solo stuff. So it's not like he really picked a side or anything, but you want me to be in Talking Heads without David
0: Byrne in Talking Heads? No, a hard pass on that. It's got to be hard when the it's obvious that the main dude is the guy. The lead singer is the soul of the band. And it's just absolutely true for the talking heads.
1: This was never a band so much as it was David Byrne being a weird person and then Brian Eno showing him really, really good records. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like talking about Brian Eno for 20 minutes in yet another episode of this podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> damn, If dude. you're new here and you have no idea how much of your record collection is just Brian Eno being Brian Eno, then go listen to what he did on David Bowie's Heroes LP. Right before producing the second Talking Heads album, which, by the way, is definitely their worst album because, Eno was wrong when he thought they should sound like David Bowie for a minute. But then he realized they should sound like Fela Cootie instead. And we all know how that worked out. But there is one funny thing about Brian Eno's involvement with this that is worth mentioning, though. Just a real fast thing. He apparently hit on Tina Weymouth's sister a bunch. He was like all over her sister and it really pissed her off if you don't know anything about Brian, you know, dude has been a complete whore for his entire life. So Mm. it's just really funny to me to imagine him
0: like flirting, (laughs) like flirting (laughs) hard and her just getting pissed about it. You know, like people you don't want to think about flirting or like in any manner of that, like, (laughs) you know, Human thing. I suspect Brian, you know, the real creepy little horny man. Uh, well, you know, you uh, suspect it's a good possibility. What's crazy is I want to blame, because I do blame talking heads for the existence of Radiohead, but they're also responsible for existence of bands like the 1975. Oh, dude. Literally are responsible for so many bands, but also, I mean, God, how many bands? If you go back and listen to this fucking podcast, and drink every time we mention Brian Eno. you're going to die. You'll die. You're going to die. Like, you can't. If you're, we're talking about a band that was popular in the 70s and 80s. We are almost positively it's, going to talk about Brian Eno It's going to come point. around
1: to Brian Eno at some Jeez, point. Jeez, fucking weed. As far as influential bands go, a lot of the time we have to talk about how people call the bands in the episodes influential, and they really aren't. This band is one of the most influential bands of all time. Right. By right. far. Probably 80% of anything called indie rock post-Y2K yeah. is someone ripping off
0: Talking Heads. Fucking Pearl Jam is trying to sound like Talking Heads now. Yes, yes. I mean, he... Eddie Vedder has said one of his largest influences in music is Talking Heads. Every band, arguably, that was in the new wave category in the 80s would have absolutely been the responsibility of a Talking Heads period. And then what's wild is those bands went on to inspire bands in the 90s, like Nine Inch Nails and Pearl Jam, because those bands instead of they just would have skipped back to the original influences Mm -hmm. of Ben, which would have been the Talking Heads. And one of the few bands that I've had multiple music snobs in my life tell me you could never do an episode on the Talking Heads. This is like the one band, the two separate people that have said there's no way. Greatest band of all time.
1: If Brian Eno didn't exist, there's no chance this band would become what it became in the popular.
0: What the fuck would music be right now? Like if (laughs) if alternate timeline, like a Rick and Morty episode or something like that, and you could go back. But the only change is Brian Eno doesn't exist you got to scrap
1: what you everything you think you know about david bowie you got to scrap everything you think you know about which and then
0: everything you like about modern
1: music all the artists that were influenced by those artists i mean and then you got to go all the way up to the recent more recent work with coldplay still doing this yes. he's still changing he's still what terrorizing pop music sounds
0: like. <laughs> yes he's still terrorizing your ears and david Byrne is still terrorizing people's ears on broadway yeah to this Fucking day, which, uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, someone I know went and saw his musical, his TED talk. His yes, there. In which, now, mind you, whatever. I'm not going to say his name. He's a mutual friend of ours. Is a huge Talking Heads fan. Probably his favorite band, if not top three favorite bands. He said that it was awesome. Of course, because he's you know a huge Talking Heads fan. And they play all these Talking Heads songs. But he's he even he who likes politics. He's very like up to date with what's going on in the world. He keeps up blah, blah, blah. Even he was annoyed at the, basically what he described as a TED talk. It was like his, his time to preach about what he thought the world should be. It was almost like he was leveraging music and the things that people love, the songs that he did as a way to just express what he thinks about the world, not through song, just through preaching.
1: Yeah. I think he just got really into researching Preachers right around the time he started working with Brian Eno, and it just like changed who he is as a person. Uh, I try to always say at least one nice thing about the person in the episode. So probably the nicest thing I could say about David Byrne is that the album he made with Brian Eno, My Life in the Bush of Ghosts, smokes anything. Created by Talking Heads or David Byrne in his solo career because it's basically a Brian Eno album with David Byrne not singing on it. So it
0: makes you the- <laughs> wonder if Brian Eno was
1: actually. I think he just didn't want to be famous. I think he right. wants to be able to walk down the street. A Svengali, like a, the wizard behind the curtain. That's him. Like he just he gets the songwriting credit back when people paid for music and writers could make money from having writing credit on hit songs. He has writing credit on entire albums from some of the best-selling artists of all time. He's fine
0: and doesn't have to get fucked with every time he goes somewhere. I've always said I would way rather be the songwriter, producer guy than be the artist. You can kind of do whatever you want. You want to do a pop thing? You go and find a pop singer and do a pop thing. You want to do a country thing? You can do anything you want. You can write any kind of songs you want. And if people cut them, you're going to make money. And you can always just live your life. Most people aren't going to know who you are. Some will, but a majority aren't. If Brian Eno walked down the street in Nashville, 99% of people are not going to know who he is. That's the fucking best way to live yeah (laughs) fuck being famous (laughs) if you become famous then we do an episode about you even though we probably should do an episode on brian eno
1: that would be really hard to do man (laughs) he also just doesn't take himself seriously while casually being better than everyone else at anything he chooses to do yeah we literally just spent 20 minutes talking about brian eno on another episode of this podcast but might as well say it for the hundredth time if you have never listened to here come the warm jets and taking tiger mountain by strategy those two albums can replace 30 percent of your record collection entirely by themselves if those are your favorite albums they don't suck but if talking (laughs) heads is your favorite band your favorite band sucks And you may find yourself grateful for another new episode of Your Favorite Band Sucks. And you may find yourself going to YFBSpod.com to get a link to the episode and share on social media after buying a bunch of merch. And you may find yourself arguing with a moron in the comments on YouTube. And you may find yourself wondering, wait a minute, which one's Tyler and which one's Mark? And you may ask your beautiful wife, honey, we're not doing anything the Thursday after next, are we? Because that's when your favorite band Sucks has a new episode about T-Rex.